There's nothing around you. There's no directional signs. There's no place to stop and take a break. There's no restaurant. There's no conveniences. There's nobody else there. We drove to Arkansas not long ago for a vacation. Forgive me if you're from Arkansas, but there ain't nothing in Arkansas at all. Between here and there, there ain't nothing there. My goodness gracious, it was the most awful drive I've ever done in my life. There's nothing there. Walmart, that's right. I'm telling you, there you go, it comes together. We drove and drove and drove, and we'd see a little wide spot in the road, and that's about it. And it's, maybe it's just where we were in Arkansas, but I can relate to the wilderness. I just drove through it not long ago. It's, it's tough to be there. You don't know where you're going exactly. Okay, does, it, does it go this way? You look, and all you see is just an expanse of land, and there aren't that many people there, and, and you're just not sure where you are. It says they, they could find no way to a city where they could live. They found no way. They didn't know where they were going. They were lost. They didn't know which way to turn. I did it my way. The the Israelites did it their way. And first they wound up lost. Secondly, they wound up lonely. I did it my way. I wound up lost and I wound up lonely. I want you to think about how you're going through life. Maybe you're that person who would say, you know what, I've gotten better at faking it, but I'll admit I'm just going my own way. I'm doing things the way that I want to do them. I show up at church because I'm going to give a little nod to God and sort of try to act like I'm going God's way. And I really like for people to think that, but I'll be honest with you, I'm going my own way. And if you're willing to admit that, then maybe the results of that can be obvious to you. And the reasons I wound up lost and I wound up Lonely. Here I am alone, finding no way to a city where they could live. The word city there and live, if you put them together, which is essentially the way it's, it's originally constructed, it means an inhabited city. What does that mean? Where people are, <laughs> where people actually live, where there's a community, where there's some place to be. Now, I know that some folks really like to live sort of out and all of that, and, and yet I, I see you gather up here at the store. I know you you can't be by yourself for too long. You know, there's lots of folks at Walmart. There's lots of folks this afternoon who will go over to Cracker Barrel or Los Portales or wherever. You'll be with people. You might like living out somewhere, but you're going to gather with people. There's nothing really good about being lonely. You want to crush somebody's spirit. You want to really destroy them and isolate them. Human nature does not respond well to long-term isolation. It doesn't. They couldn't find a place where there was community. They were homeless, they wandering around, and they're alone. And verse 5 goes on to say, you know what? Not only was I lost and lonely and alone, but I was also worn out. Look at it. They were hungry and thirsty. This is a very literal thing for them. They literally were hungry and and thirsty. I'm not talking about, you know, it's been a little while since I had breakfast. Kind of getting hungry. You just mentioned those restaurants, and man, now I can't think of anything else. What am I going to get for lunch? That's not the kind of hunger and thirst we're talking about. This is hunger and thirst that dominated their lives. Out in the wilderness, there wasn't anything there. They didn't have enough to eat. They didn't have enough to drink. They're hungry. They're thirsty. Their problems affected them physically. Maybe they're scavenging for food or they find somebody, they're begging, please give me something to eat, please give me something to drink. They're lost, they're alone, they're they're lonely, they're worn out, and it leads to them being depressed. They went their own way. I'm going my own way, and I wound up lost, lonely, 
worn out and depressed. Look at the end of verse 5. They were hungry and thirsty. Their spirits failed within them. That word there, failed, means they fainted inside. They passed out. They're done. They're weak. They're sick. They have nothing left. They'd given up all hope. It can also mean they, they felt like literally they were about to die. Became completely discouraged. They're overwhelmed. They're, they're in despair. That's how they felt as a, as a result of walking around in the wilderness. They can't take it anymore. What's, what's your response to those kind of times in your life? Those wilderness times? However you got there. You say, well, I just blame myself because I'm the reason. What, you know, or I blame everybody else because they're the reason. How, it doesn't matter how you got there. What's your response when you find yourself this morning in sort of a wilderness dry time in your life? How many of us, I wonder, see that sometimes it is true that we are where we are. Lost, alone, worn out, depressed, because we at some point made a decision to do things our way. I'm going to do it my way. You know, going your own way is certainly something that's encouraged in our American society. It really is. It's almost built into us. It's just like part of our DNA. you just raised to, you know what, be responsible. Be independent. You know, we raise our kids and what we want. We just, we hope one day they'll be able to do well on their own. They can figure things out. They're smart. They can handle the world and so on. And we, we constantly teach and reinforce, you need to go your own way. And, and sometimes we're, we're told things like, you know, just follow your heart or chase your dreams or do what's best for you. There's songs. Fleetwood Mac had one called, You Can Go Your Own Way. Frank Sinatra, I Did It My Way. It's reinforced in our society, this idea that you do your thing. You do what it is that you want to do. But in the Scripture, we're told to what? To trust in the Lord. And Proverbs chapter 3 says it this way, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on what? Your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge, look to the Lord, and He will make your path straight. We're told that, but we seem to say sometimes, you know, I'll keep leaning on my own understanding far past its usefulness. At some point, the Israelites realized that going their own way was only leading them to be lost, lonely, worn out, and depressed. And I wonder why we think we're any different sometimes. Why we think that we can do our thing and whatever it is, I'm, I'm good, just leave me alone, I'll be fine, I'll figure this out, I've got this. Why do we think that we're different from what the Israelites experienced here in Psalm 107? Is it because we're smarter? We have more technology? Because we know more than them. They, you know, they didn't have access to all the knowledge that we have because we're better than them. The truth is we're no different from them because we're human as well. And if we've all gone our own way and some of us are there right now, then we're going to wind up exactly how they did. So maybe you'd look at your life and you say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm honest this morning. I realize I've just been going my own way. And I've been doing it for years. And yeah, I'm a Christian, and, and I believe that Jesus died for my sins, and I've given my life to Him, but I, there's still something about me. I've, not, I've just not gotten on board with the way that God wants me to do things in my life. Whether it's my attitude, my emotions, my actions, my thoughts, whatever it may be. Whether it's my, my relationships, whether, whether it's my future plans, whether it's how I handle adversity, whatever it is, I'm doing things my own way. And you know, this morning I'm going to admit <laughs> that there's an emptiness inside of me, and I'm lost. And I'm lonely, and I'm worn out, and I'm depressed. 
What do you do when you realize that? I think we do what the Israelites did in verse 6. Look at it. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. They cried out, literally just screaming, Help! 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 They cried out. It's a wailing cry. It's almost as if they're just so overcome they can't do anything but just scream, Help! And I would imagine at that point the content of their prayers were very, very honest. Very, very direct. Not so much worried about, well, can I say that to God? Should I be so direct? Should I be so honest? They just said, help. God, I'm done. I can't do it. It goes on to say they cried out in their trouble. When they felt like the world was closing in on them, their response was not, let me figure it out. Their response was, let me cry out to God. Very desperate prayer. When you're wondering... When you're lost, when you're lonely, when you're worn out, when you're depressed, the answer is always verse 6 of Psalm 107. They cried out to the Lord. It's always the answer. You want to come to me after the service and say, Brad, what should I do about this? I'm going to ask you, have you cried out to the Lord? And if you haven't, I'm going to send you back to your seat and say, cry out to the Lord. recently worked my way through the biography of Oswald Chambers. I don't know if you know who he is or not, but he wrote the devotional, My Utmost for His Highest. If you don't have a copy of that, I highly encourage it. It's really good. And he counseled a lady one time who came up to him after a service that he had preached and his wife was kind of hanging around and she kind of knew that, you know, he he did that. It would take a while and, and, you know, so she just kind of expected to be there. Well, he returns very quickly and and she said, well, you know, what, what happened? Didn't you, didn't you try to help her in some way? He said, yeah, I did. And he, she started to explain to me her story, and he stopped her, and he said, have you told all this to God yet? And she said, well, no. And he said, well, don't tell it to me. Go tell it to Him. <laughs> and I thought, well, I'm not sure I'm going to try to you know, get away with that. But, but isn't it interesting? Folks, sometimes we want to talk with everybody else when we just need to be crying out to the Lord, Help. Verse 6 goes on to say, He rescued them from their distress. We don't get any of the conversation here between this person or the nation here and God. God doesn't say, well, you know, it's about time. Where have you been? I told you so. What's the answer? God rescued them from their distress. He just simply picked them up from where they were. God helped them very, very specifically, meeting their needs, so they wouldn't have to wonder anymore. I did it my way, you might say. I wound up lost, lonely, worn out, and depressed. What will your response be? Maybe you'd say, you know what, I stopped and I cried out to God. And then He led me His way. Verse 7. He led them by the right path to go to a city where they could live. The word led there means He marched them. You see the difference between wandering and marching? State band competition was this weekend in Bowling Green. Murray High, I believe, finished second in their class. It was really good. My sister was a drum major when she was in high school. I went to lots of different band competitions. My kids like to go to Murray State football games from time to time. Why? To see the band. No, No offense to the football team. But to see the band. And it's always so amazing. We look at their formations and see them marching around. You see the marching band and they have a specific purpose and they're going a specific direction. And they make sure that everything is exactly the way it needs to be. You can wander in the desert or you can be marched exactly to where you need to be by God Himself. That's the choice. 
He led me. He marched me. He put me right where I needed to be and marched me directly where He wanted me to go. He led me on a straight path, a right path. Nothing they had tried had worked. It was all dead ends. All one wilderness road after another. They stopped and cried out to the Lord, surrendered to Him, got on His path, and He marched them right where they needed to be. He led me His way, and I wound up where I needed to be, where I wasn't lost, where I wasn't alone, where I wasn't worn out, where I wasn't depressed anymore. He said He gave them a city where they could live, where they could settle down. Maybe your soul this morning is completely unsettled. You are up in the air, and you're good at hiding it. But you're totally up in the air. God led me His way and I wound up where I could settle. Where I wouldn't have to wonder anymore. Somewhere in my soul where I could call home no matter what's going on in my life. And the truth is, they had to follow the Lord. And God marched them, but I don't see Him just dragging them along. They're marching in step. God said, let's go this way. And they said, okay. It was a change of mind, a change of heart. It was repentance. They said, God, I quit. I'm done. Help me, help me, help me. And God said, okay, here's the path I want you to take. And they then lived in obedience. We can say, well, God isn't doing this for me. God hadn't changed this for me. Are you walking along God's path? Are you obeying God in the very simple, even seemingly meaningless things of life? God's way seems to be like a winding road sometimes, but I'll tell you this, when you fully commit to it, when, when you fully get on board and you say, God, I'm done, I quit, help me, help me, help me, lead me on the right way, that road that seems so windy that He might want to take you on begins to open up like an interstate highway. And it might still some from time to time seem like He's leading you down a little corner and you're thinking, what's going on? But when you look around and you understand who's driving the vehicle, it becomes an interstate highway. The structure of the psalm, as I said, is to look back at the crisis, to recognize what God had done, and then to give thanks. So in verse 8, what does he say? Let them give thanks. Those who have said, you know what, God, help. I've done it my way. God, help me. I I can't do this anymore. I'm lost. I'm alone. I'm worn out. I'm depressed. God, help me. God did. Let them give thanks to the Lord for His faithful love and His wonderful works for all humanity. Verse 9. For He has satisfied the thirsty and filled the hungry with good things. There there are other versions of this verse that I actually like better. Verse 9. Because they capture, I think, really what is is more comprehensive. The, The thrust of the psalm is not just God gave them something to eat and gave them something to drink, though obviously He did that. But when it says that their souls, their spirits fainted within them, it comes back in verse 9, and according to many of your versions, I think English Standard, New American Standard, probably King James, others say he, he fed their hungry souls. Put the word souls in there. God met their physical needs, but the psalmist knew it was much deeper than that because their souls were lost. Their souls were alone. Their souls were worn out and depressed. They began to walk the way of the Lord and they found what they needed most deep inside. And you can almost see them parenthetically saying, thank God for a better way than mine. Thank God for a better way than mine. And this morning, I hope that you begin to see that the way that maybe you've chosen, doing life your own way, is leading you down a path that's going to be one of confusion and loneliness and being worn out and depressed in the 
the deepest part of your souls. And maybe this morning you just say, thank you, God, for a better way than mine. Lord, help me to see it. Help me to walk it. So this morning, I wonder, is it to cry out or to give thanks? What is it you need to do? Is it to cry out or is it to give thanks? For those who have wound up lost, alone, worn out, depressed, Jesus said He is the way. You don't have to be lost anymore. Jesus said He'll never leave you. You don't have to be alone anymore. Jesus said He'll give you living water and the bread of life. You don't have to hunger and thirst anymore. Jesus said He offers you rest and peace. You don't have to be depressed anymore. You may still fight it. You may still need outside help. But Jesus as your foundation will be the path that leads you to a life that's not lost, to a life that's not alone, to a life that's not worn out, and to a life that's not depressed in the long run. Cry out today for that bread of life, for the one who gives living water, the one who offers rest for your soul, the one who is the way. Maybe today you just cry out and say, Lord, I'm tired of my way. Lead me on yours. I don't even know what it means, but God, I'm going to walk in obedience. Lead me on yours. Maybe it's to cry out. Or maybe simply to give thanks. As you look back and you say, Lord, this is what was going on. And I know and I see what you did. And God, today I'm just going to give thanks. That's my response to the sermon today is just to say, thank you, God. This week, I wonder if I could encourage you to say, no more my way. But to cry out, to obey the Lord, and to give thanks. Don't let giving thanks just be a cliche at Thanksgiving. But to cry out, to obey the Lord, to give thanks. Let's pray together. If you would there, just with your head bowed and your eyes closed, maybe so you can just focus in.